So just before we start, I just want to say a quick apologies for the sound quality. Um, there is a lot of background noise, which hopefully won't be too distracting. And uh, we acknowledge Māori as tangata whenua in Aotearoa, New Zealand. We honour and respect the elders past and present who weave their wisdom into all realms of life. Kia ora koutou. welcome to the Nurtured Summer Warmth Podcast. Um, this is Dr Katie and I have IBCLC Sarah Hudson from Summer Warmth. Um, we just decided to do a part two of our rant about that book she's been telling us about. Um, and I've got this new fancy recorder thing which I thought I'd try and get some use out of so this is our first um, face-to-face in-person podcast so if you hear some random noise around the place just bear with us I'll try and edit out as much as I can but currently our septic tank is broken so we've been avoiding being at home at the moment (laughs) anyway Sarah how are you going hey I'm going really good thanks you so um, I hear, so I think, um, were you saying that there's a huge section about routines for twins in this book that we've been talking about? Yeah, so this, this book um, has over 50 pages of the around about 200 pages um, are all about routines. Um, yeah, for the, for the first year of your twins' lives. So are there routines like, you know, these are different options you can try or is it like in ages and stages at two weeks they must do this, three weeks, you know, how how is that laid out? So they call it routines, uh, but it's definitely schedules. Ah. So it's not, uh, yeah, it's really not. It's really exact. Yeah. So like down to the like 6.45 is the feed and then eight, you know, nap times must be 8.45 to 9.45. It's very, very prescriptive. There's not really like any room for for any changes. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of um, reminds me of, so there's a recent post that somebody was going to do some education for health, some healthcare workers, I think. And, And my input was to try and do something for the group where you put yourselves in the baby's position because so often um, like these kind of advice about you know scheduled fees and <laughs> timings and routines make you think like like implicit they don't say it outright but implicitly it makes you think think of our you know babies as kind of like house plans so if you water them at the right time then yeah, you know, they're fed and warm and nappy changed, yeah. and they should be content to just wait until the next time they get some attention. Yeah, yeah, like they have no actual needs of yeah. their own or personalities yeah. or temperament. I mean, because even obviously with twins, it's really important to find something that works for you. Because so much of the time, moms are doing it on their own instead of mm. with the village, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so the same approach for singletons are probably. Like you can't be, probably can't be as, you know, flexible and mm. um, like it's probably helpful to have some structure. Yeah, not yeah. to this extent. And that's the thing, like, you know, routines to me are, you know, we do this, then we do this, then we do this. That's a routine. Hmm. But, you know, this is, 
what, what she's called a routine is definitely a schedule and it's just it's so prescriptive and you've got this this I'm just looking at one for routines for breastfeeding twins at two to four weeks there's six feeds listed that's it um even though she says earlier in the book that you know you should be at least you know or feed eight times in 24 hours to get good milk production um and then in the first two weeks you can feed them eight times yeah and so yeah it's just yeah if if i was reading this as a first-time mum i'd be completely confused just you know from reading two two separate pages because she's just completely contradicted herself um and yeah the the routine is you know it's about three four five six pages long so it tells you it's broken down into sometimes 15 minute increments so just catching the sentence for one of the feeds, the first baby should be given 15 to 20 minutes on the breast while you drink a large glass of water before <laughs> unswaddling the second baby. <laughs> That's yeah. so prescriptive. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and then statements like, regardless of what they have done earlier, they should be taken to their room now at 11.30. So even if they've only been awake for half an hour, according to this routine, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then and check the sheets and change the nappies and then close the blinds and curtains. <laughs> this and is where mums get stuck in the dark. Yeah, both babies should be put into their cots before they get into a deep sleep, no later than 11.45am. And that sentence got, is in bold. You've got 15 minutes to put both babies in their room, close all the curtains, change their nappies and make sure they're in a deep sleep. Both of them. No, before they get into a deep sleep. Right. Yeah. Because you can't, you obviously can't nurture and settle your babies and allow them to feel safe and secure oh, and get into a deep sleep. This is the drowsy but awake yeah. thing hidden in there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's this one, if either wakes after 45 minutes, check the swaddling but do not talk or turn the lights on. And this mm. is in the middle of the day. Yeah. And this is... And then 20 minutes for them to resettle themselves. Yeah. So, like... If and they're crying, basically. Yeah, and and this oh, is. I mean, they could just be aware. Yeah, the the bit that we're looking at yeah. is for two to four week old babies. Yeah. So they have been outside of a womb for, you know, fifteen days. days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. I mean, there is a there's there's a couple of good points in this in this routine. It does say have lunch and have a rest before the next feed so it does remind mm. mums to take care of themselves yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's like hang on a minute <laughs> very important in bold they should be fully awake until 3 45 p.m so that they go down while it's 7 p.m <laughs> what does that even mean <gasps> do not feed after 3 15 p.m as it will put them off the next feed <laughs> yeah so this is like makes you think of your babies as little robots yeah it's your little it's a they're just tamagotchis yeah yeah but two of them and yes. their babies tiny mm-hmm. humans tiny humans that you know ah. two weeks ago had and all the of seven, their needs so met so for your 7 yeah. p.m 
this should be done in the nursery with dim lights and no talking or eye contact. Yeah. So, I don't know, you're, you're familiar with the, um, what is it? I can't remember the name now, mind blank. But it's mm. that, um, the, the situation where they um, get the mum, or usually the mum or the parent, to oh. not respond to the baby. Yes, the still yeah. face. Yeah, the still the face, still face experiment. So that's like a standard thing that, mm. um, like, you know, psychology, mental health, um, attachment, research, they, they get the mums to do to check the baby's response. Like yeah. To, because it um, promotes distress. Yeah. And so that's basically what she's telling yeah. the mums to do as yeah. the babies need to feel safe yeah. to go off to sleep they're like yeah. don't look at the baby don't respond to them yeah don't talk don't do anything don't show any affection yeah yep yeah it's just so okay yeah so now you've got um you, have, you do have another book as well does it mention anything about um like schedules and routines oh so this um yeah so the 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 book that we are critically talking about um is called a contented house with twins uh which is about 15 or so years old yeah um and 2000 and something 2006 yeah 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 uh, and then I recently purchased a book, um, f- also from the UK, mm. uh, but this one is by a an IBCLC, um, and it's all about breastfeeding twins and triplets, um, and it's written by a lactation professional who actually had twins and has supported uh, many twins throughout her, you know, her health professional career. Um, and yeah what what she talks about is a lot more realistic there's a section on um, and feeding full-term multiples late pre-term and early term babies we yeah. might have to just do a deeper dive into this once yeah. you get into it a bit more eh? yeah yeah common problems breastfeeding continued well, I don't see 50 pages of <laughs> routines and schedules. Yeah, no, so this one is so much more... Oh, I mean, I, I just, I love, I I love it. I they do have a different um, aim, I guess. Yeah. The first one, you want a contented house. Yes. And then the second one is really, like, helping uh, parents of twins to reach their breastfeeding goals. Yeah. So that's pretty different. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point actually, because the yeah the the breastfeeding twins and triplets book does have so much support, um, so much information that will actually help parents continue to breastfeed, and you know the information in there is actually evidence based, so it's not trying to tell you you know on one page to feed your baby eight times a day and then give you a routine that. That says, you know, you can only feed them at these particular times. Um, you know, it has, uh, it's just, it's such a good book, this, this second one that we're talking about. Um, you well, know, I it, can see, you know, 
if you're used to lots of order and you just kind of mm. want to know what to do, yeah, um, like it's not as descriptive, yeah, which is what makes the the older book attractive, yeah, because you kind of sells you the idea yeah. that. You know, do it this way and everything's going to be fine. Yes. Yeah, yeah, as long as you and follow then, this. And then if it's yeah. not working, then try harder. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We need to get um, Tamsin's thoughts on this book. Yes. Tamsin's read it now? Yes, yeah. she's, read, oh, she's reading our, it. Um, friend and fellow Lalechele reader yeah. who... Um, who actually has twins. Yes, and she's currently <laughs> still breastfeeding them one yep. and a half plus years on. Yep. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Oh, Alright. Yeah. So I um, also want to share something about this book that I've been reading. So this is a really old book. It's called Beyond the Breast Bottle Controversy um, and it was published in 1989. Woohoo! Yeah, so like when I was two. <laughs> and now you know how old I am. Um, I've actually only just made it into the start, but like what's really mind-blowing for me is like, so this has been, it's been recognized now for, I don't know, three decades yep. that it's not about pushing people to breastfeed, but rather yeah. create an environment where they can and want to. Yes. And nothing's really changed that much. Yeah. Yeah. Which is quite... I don't know, it can get quite disheartening, Yeah, you know, being and, and lactation in the lactation field and supporting mums. Because I, I, mm. I kind of picked it up thinking, okay, cool, we can see what's different and actually everything is the same. I mean, yeah. apart from technology, social media, yeah. blah, 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 but all the underlying pressures, yeah. the misogyny, it's, yeah. Um, and in this, um, I think this was... Uh, after the big um, Nestle boycott so they were writing a little reflection about what they've achieved so I mean they have made a big way forward but it just feels like you're always swimming against the tide so I just wanted to share um, so this is actually the foreword (laughs) to the book (laughs) I haven't made it through very far at all Um, so like you know, this person is describing the, the book. Um, so he writes, the final chapter in this book discusses the important connections between environmental concerns, empowerment of women, medicali- medicalization of life, commoditization of food, and the poverty environment. Yeah. Right, tick, 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 tick. Yep. The conclusion surely is that we must be striving to improve the many conditions that affect the lives of women rather than aiming our efforts mainly on infant feeding decisions. Tick, tick, tick. So conditions need to exist that makes breastfeeding possible, desirable, enjoyable, and successful in all societies. So to to achieve this somewhat utopian situation, important international and often national changes are needed in current economic, social, and political conditions. (laughs) In the late 80s. I know. They could have just copy-pasted this into the new, you know, national breastfeeding strategy. And, and that's the thing that's really like, like there's lots of advocates, people are publishing things all the time, and I'm like, we just keep trying to reinvent the wheel, but we never really get down to what makes a difference, right? Yeah. Like people will publish a strategy, but there's no funding, or yep. there's international code, but it's not in the law. Um, 
like Whitney's on the I think she's still on the committee that deals with you know um, complaints to Ibsen. yeah, yeah. The, no no the yeah. ministry I think the ministry of health yeah. um, I, I can lose track of what umbrella these things sit under but like you know if, if somebody um, wants to report like a code violation so oh, yes, like of course. like you know bad marketing yeah. or like or unethical like, marketing yeah. um, so there's a place where you could send your complaint yeah. and then there's a committee and they sit down and discuss the complaint and decide yeah, yeah. what to do so Whitney's on there um, and also a representative from the Infant Nutrition Council which is um, a rep from industry Okay. and this is really interesting hearing like you know the different types, the different thinking from yeah. each perspective, because yeah, obviously yeah. people have different priorities. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, so then... Like, you know, and then, and then, so this guy it references his own writing back to the 60s, so 1964 now that he's quoting. Anything that can be done to support breastfeeding is desirable. Human breast milk is the most important protein-rich food. We must not in any respect be a party to seeing its disappearance, be it through advertising, through the creation of an aura that breastfeeding is a complicated, difficult procedure, or through the fostering of the sort of breast culture that our society has developed. It is highly desirable that breastfeeding remains a natural, normal procedure, and this may, I believe, be easier in places where the breast has not become a source of mystery, shame, or pride. I'm like, copy-paste, still works yeah, today. It's like almost 60 years ago. Yeah. Yep. And and I feel like We're basically nothing has in changed. The same place. Yeah. Yeah. So that was when that was when my mum was two. Wow. You know. Two generations later. Yep. We still have the same issues. Yeah. Oh, it's so, just, yeah. Yes. So I'm gonna be, you know, hopefully finding some time to read through this book yeah. <laughs> and sharing some things that have not changed, probably. Yeah. Um, but like, it's only through deeper, like you know, looking at the cover. Nobody apart from us would actually pick it up. <laughs> um, yep. So hopefully. Um, you know, with our podcast and sharing with Sarah and, you know, we can share some more of this info. Yeah. Yep. And I just like to Mm. just do a shout out to the Breastfeeding Twins and Triplet book who was, uh, it was written by Catherine Stagg from the UK. Mm. She's an IBCLC. Um, This is a new book that's just come out this year. Um, Mm. And uh, yeah, if you know of anyone who is expecting yeah. twins or or triplets or even more and mm. um, it's definitely a fantastic read um it's written for professionals and parents yeah it's actually quite easy to read yes. there's lots of <coughs> stories and um yeah yeah and, and it's in little sections it's not very dense yeah um but it gives you it gives you all the for, yeah for me what i take away from it is that She's actually giving you a really good foundation to mm. actually achieve your breastfeeding, infant feeding goals. Mm. Um, you know, and it does talk about how to set yourself up for breastfeeding uh, for, for premature babies as well. Because mm. a lot of the time, you know, yeah. when you've got multiple births, you're, you're under a lot more medicalized 
care. I mean, there often. is a yeah. higher risk of yeah, yeah. complications that wouldn't normally happen yeah, yeah, with one course. baby too. Yeah, mm. but yeah, yeah. so there, yeah. Higher I chance just, of babies coming early for one reason or another, yeah. or multiple reasons. Yep, and so it just, yeah. So Sarah, are you saying you, um, you would recommend this book? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I definitely recommend. Yeah, yeah Catherine this, Stagg's um, book. We need this reviewed for yeah. um, <laughs> our Leche League Library. Yeah, which is one of actually, um, like we get quite a few people looking for the last um, book, so breastfeeding multiples um, in our library. Yeah, because that was out of print. So the, the Leche League yep. Library was one of the few places that still yeah that copies. still had that. Yeah, one, but yeah. now we can. Um, Get another one yes. to share. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So well, it, I'll um, I'll put the details to the books that we recommend. Yes. In the show notes. <laughs> um, and also, Catherine Stagg is quite. Uh, she's really neat to follow on social media as yeah. well. So I'll probably I'll look up the links and add them too. Yep. Yeah. All right. So I think that will that's all from us today. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. Bye bye. Just a quick boring disclaimer, none of the information discussed in the podcast is um, is supposed to be medical advice. If after listening to this podcast you have any specific questions, feel free to reach out. We'll put our email address in the show notes.